Hey friends, I hadn't actually planned on doing this episode for a while yet, but I've had more and more people reach out to me in the last week or two regarding these mandates for the COVID vaccine in relation to their employment. So if you don't know, I actually was fired almost 10 years ago now for refusing a flu vaccine. And today I want to tell you my story and what you may be able to do to avoid a mandated COVID vaccine. Step Out of Line is for you, the mom who wants more than the status quo for her life and health. My name's Becca, and each week we'll be talking about how to do life and health differently. I'm excited to spend some time with you today. Let's chat. You have a week to reconsider, or will consider this your voluntary termination, is what I was told. It was January 12th of 2012, and I still remember it like it was yesterday. What I was supposed to reconsider was getting both a Tdap and a flu vaccine to keep my job as a dialysis nurse. So let me back up a little bit and tell you the whole story. I started working for a small local hospital in September of 2010 in the dialysis department, and I was a pool nurse, which if you're in the medical field, you know that means it's kind of as needed but I usually worked about 30 hours consistently. It took me less time to get through orientation than normal. I was a pretty competent nurse. I got my first raise pretty quickly because of my patient care, my work ethic, things like that. Basically, the hospital had no problems or issues with me until that day. Then our little local hospital was bought out by a larger, more regional health system the following year in the middle of 2011. And they were in the process of building a large brand new hospital right down the road that had a lot of flashy equipment and such. But after the hospital was built and they started staffing, patient care and satisfaction actually really went down. In September of 2011, I got an email about how it was time for employees to get their flu vaccines as well as caught up on the Tdap if needed. And this was required to be done by early November. And then they had listed out times and dates for clinics. A lot of the nurses there had told me that they actually would quote unquote, give each other the injection and just sign off for each other. But obviously that was not an option this year because we had to go to an employee clinic to get it. So in October, I filed a request for a religious exemption, stating my beliefs on why I wouldn't be getting a flu shot, and I heard nothing until uh, several months later Then I was working one day, and I had absolutely no warning or anything to prepare that I would be having a meeting with HR and infection control and my manager after my shift that day. And like I said, I was told in the middle of the day, so I didn't have any time to prepare anything or look anything at all. So I went to the meeting and I was questioned by both infection control and HR that day about my beliefs and why I felt I could be exempted. And I mean, it it didn't feel more like a meeting to get my side of the things. I think one of the questions I was actually asked by infection control is why I thought I was above this policy. (laughs) So after that, a week or two went by and HR informed me that I would be put on unpaid leave until they could figure out what to do with me, basically. So it was not long before Christmas at this point, and I was not allowed to work. I had to leave my coworkers shorthanded because I had been scheduled. Our schedule came out like a month at a time. So they had no one to cover for me and they were short staffed and everything. And 
by the time Christmas came and went, I hadn't heard anything yet. So then the week after Christmas, I called HR and I was like, you know, what's going on? When will I be able to return to work and everything? And she informed me that most of the staff were out that week before Christmas or between Christmas and New Year's until the following week. And I still didn't hear anything until finally on January 11th, I got that call informing me that I had a week to reconsider or I would be terminated. They would consider it my voluntary termination, of course, even though there was nothing voluntary about it. So what I did was I actually contacted Rutherford Institute, who deals with rights violations and things like that. So I contacted them, and they couldn't technically represent me, but they did call the hospital and ask for my records and everything, and the hospital wanted proof that they were representing me. So they couldn't do that because they were in a different state. So after that, I got in touch with Alan Phillips from VaccineRights.com. He actually spoke to me for quite a while and told me about some things, but again, he couldn't do much because he was in another state. So after it felt like I had hit a few dead ends, I actually went the whole summer not thinking about it because we were going through a lot personally, which I'll talk about in a few minutes. I ended up being pregnant again that year, and we were in Germany that summer, and it was just a very difficult time personally. I think it was roughly October when I decided that I really wanted to stand up for myself and not let them get away from this. So I called the Rutherford Institute again, who put me in touch with a lawyer in my state, but he was not experienced in employment law. So then he passed me off to another lawyer who wanted several thousand dollars down for retainer, plus a large percentage of whatever was awarded if I won. Because I had just lost my job and we were going through quite a transition that year, we obviously did not have that kind of money to plunk down on a lawyer. So I actually pursued the case myself. I started researching and then I filed a complaint with the EEOC in my state, which is the Equal Employment Opportunity Committee. And I, they opened up an investigation and I actually responded to the investigators' questions all of myself. And when things started looking serious, I was actually fine. I was doing good on myself until the hospital's lawyer called me and was very unkind and basically asked me, what I wanted to get out of this whole thing. And it was at that point I knew I should probably lawyer up. So I called the lawyer who wanted the retainer and I asked if he knew of anyone in the field who would be willing to take the case for just a percentage of, you know, the earnings or whatever. And he put me in touch with an employment lawyer. We chatted and he talked to the hospital and everything and he was willing to take up just a larger percentage of whatever was awarded. When he took over, he encouraged me to settle out of court because the trial process is very long and grueling. Obviously, it had already been almost a year at this point, and he said they would put me through a deposition where they would basically try to trip me up with my own words and actions, and he's like, you want to avoid that if possible. So we decided to sue for lost wages and lawyer fees. At first, because I was pool staff, he didn't think we would be awarded much, but I had proof that I'd worked consistently about 30 to 40 hours a week during the time I was there. We did end up settling out of court, and the hospital was also disciplined from the EEOC, is my understanding. They also have changed their policy, which was my intention in the first place. But by the time everything was said and done, I, I honestly, we didn't end up with much left over because when you get a chunk of money like that, they take out a lot in taxes. 
and then the lawyer took his share. But my goal was accomplished that they had changed their policy. I'm not aware of any other cases in the healthcare system like this that I was working at. And like I said, from friends who have worked there or do work there now, they've changed their policy, which was my goal. My whole case start to finish took roughly about 18 months. So if you're facing a similar situation, which a lot of people are with this COVID vaccine, I want to offer you some guidance on what I wish I would have known the first time this happened to me since I was kind of jumped on with little knowledge or preparation in that first meeting. So the first thing I would encourage you is to know your rights. It's so important that you are aware of your rights because if you don't know what your rights are, you have no idea what your employer can and cannot do. And actually, according to an article from Stat News, which I'll link to in the show notes, it's illegal to mandate the COVID vaccine because it's under emergency use authorization. So it's not even formally approved. So it can't be required is my understanding. The FDA guidance on an EAU states that they have to ensure that recipients are informed to the extent practicable given the applicable circumstances, that they have the option to accept or refuse the EAU product. So it is your right to accept or refuse. Dr. Amanda Cohn, who talked about this when this vaccine first came out, she said vaccines are not allowed to be mandatory. So early in this vaccination phase, individuals will have to be consented and they won't be able to be mandatory. Cohn later affirmed that this prohibition on requiring vaccines applies to organizations, including hospitals. And I have the link to that article in the show notes as well. So Aside from everything else I'm going to get into, this vaccine is under emergency use authorization and it can't be mandated at this point. So along with that, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, which you can read more about how Title VII applies to vaccines, I've linked to lots of articles in the show notes. So if you are looking for resources that you can take to your employer or HR department or just legal grounds to stand on, make sure that you see the show notes. So according to Title VII, religious beliefs are defined as religion includes not only traditional organized religions such as Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Hinduism, and Buddhism, but also religious beliefs that are new, uncommon, or not part of a formal church or sect, only subscribed to by a small number of people or that seem illogical or unreasonable to others. An employee's belief practice can be religious, quote-unquote, under Title VII, even if the employee is affiliated with a religious group that does not espouse or recognize that individual's belief or practice or if a few or no other people adhere to it. Title VII's protection also extends to those who are discriminated against or need accommodation because they profess no religious beliefs. So what this means is that you could, in essence, have your own religion with your own beliefs and your employer would still have to make a reasonable attempt to accommodate those beliefs. It's my understanding that they also cannot ask you to prove or get a signature from a priest or pastor regarding your beliefs. So this has been an issue too where people have come to me and said, you know, they've offered me a religious exemption, but they want a letter from my priest or my pastor, which he's not willing to do it because that's not our religion's beliefs. But according to Title VII, it doesn't really matter, okay? And I believe it is legal for them to request that of you. And I would make sure they know that and say, according to Title VII, religious beliefs can be this. And I have all this quoted in the show notes. So make sure that you check out this page because it will be very helpful for you in gathering all your stuff together. 
Secondly, the Nuremberg Code was instated after the atrocities of Hitler's medical experiments on prisoners was discovered. According to this code, people may not be subjected to medical procedures, which a vaccine is a medical procedure, if you didn't know, by coercion, force, duress, or fraud. So I would say that forcing it for a job position is force, coercion, duress, all of those would apply. So again, a legal document called the Nuremberg Code, which is something that all doctors should be living by and all medical practices should be seeking to uphold, is being violated. And lastly, coercion is illegal in the workplace. So I don't know about you, but I've heard of a lot of employers offering incentives for employees to get vaccinated, as well as only allowing employees to come to company events if they are fully vaccinated. I personally believe that this is both coercion as well as discrimination. In fact, I wouldn't be afraid to file a complaint stating as such with your human resources department. I know of a good friend personally who they were talking about mandating vaccines and it wasn't until somebody was willing to put their name. HR said they'd had a lot of complaints about it, but it wasn't until somebody was willing to stick their neck out there and put their name to it that a bunch of people came forward and said, yeah, no. And then this person filed a complaint against the president of the company who was organizing these quote unquote team building events, but you could only come if you were vaccinated. Well, less than half of the company is vaccinated. And how can it be a team building event if only half of the people are vaccinated? Somebody told me just this morning that Summerfest, which is a big music festival in Milwaukee, is requiring either proof of vaccination or a negative test. And I truly, truly believe that mandatory vaccination is the new segregation. And it's terrible in France. It's terrible in Israel. And we need to start fighting it now or it's going to be implemented and we're going to have nothing to say about it. So please start standing up for yourself. And as far as that goes, my next point would be to have your exemption written. So you do need to write your exemption. If you need some help with that, I've linked to some resources in the show notes, but Alan Phillips is a lawyer for vaccinerights.com and he has lots of resources on his website that you can take a peek at and write your own exemption. I think he might even have some templates on there, but you do need to at least file an exemption. And again, I personally filed a religious exemption. Some people have said, well, our state only recognizes medical exemptions for school-aged children. But to me, Title VII applies to every employer. So to me, they would have to recognize a religious exemption. Otherwise, that's religious discrimination. The last thing I want to encourage you with is be willing to step out of line. This is a step out of line podcast. It's something that I firmly believe in. So many people are just in line and just going with the status quo when they're afraid to step out of line. But unless people are willing to step out of line, nothing is going to change. So there's a quote by Margaret Mead that says, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. And unless people are willing to go through some difficulty to make things change, nothing is going to change. It may seem like it was okay for me to lose my job, but at the time, my husband ran a small construction company with a handful of employees. And do you remember what happened just a few short years before in 2008? The housing market completely crashed, and it took a long time to come back. 
He had work lined up for a while there, but for the past winter before I got fired, I had pretty much supported our family on my nursing job due to his lack of work. And we were struggling. And after I lost my job in January, he was in the process of merging with a commercial construction company so he could support us more again. He started traveling and he was gone a lot. So I struggled to find childcare that would allow the crazy hours of a nursing job because most of the time you're starting at either six in the morning or going till, you know, 11 or later. And it's very difficult to find childcare for such hours like that because I didn't have help with picking up or dropping off because he was gone. And then I also found myself pregnant again that year. And not long after I got pregnant, our car broke down and we didn't even have enough money to fix it. I walked around town all summer for that, for my errands. And I would wait until my husband was home to go grocery shopping so I could take his work truck. Like we didn't even have a vehicle of our own that was working. But I just want to encourage you that God took care of us. And I'm not going to sit here and say it was easy because doing the right thing is rarely the easy option. In fact, I would say that doing the right thing is almost always never the easy thing to do. And it was grueling and terrible for months. And I cried a lot and I was dealing with pregnancy hormones. My husband struggled with depression some during that time. And honestly, looking back, I'm not even sure how we made ends meet. And I know that it was just that God cared for us. While we were in Germany that summer, someone paid to fix our car while we were gone. And then when I got back, I got a full-time job in the fall, even though I was very pregnant. God provided for us and used others to encourage us and increase our dependence on him. All that to say, I feel like if we want to stand up for our rights, which I believe is the right thing to do, God is going to take care of and provide for you. Growth is always uncomfortable, but unless people are willing to change the status quo, the status quo will never be changed. So I would encourage you to talk to those in your workplace and see if there are others that feel the same way for support. And if it comes down to it, let them fire you or quote unquote voluntarily terminate you as this is going to give you some legal recourse on what to do. I also know for a fact that there are plenty of employers out there that are not requiring vaccines. There are a lot of employers that were going to, and now they've backed off of it because enough people said, do it and we'll walk. So you should be able to find another job that respects its employees, or I can highly recommend starting your own business too. So I hope that was helpful for you. Please see the show notes. I have lots of links and resources in the show notes and lots of stuff there that will help you out. But Thanks for listening in today. If you have questions, please contact me via the show notes and I will try to get those answered for you. Hey friend, I know you have a lot on your plate, so I just want to say thank you for sharing some time with me today. Would you do me a favor? If someone came to mind while you were listening in, would you share the show with them? I would really appreciate it. Now it's your turn to step up and step out of line.